swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ore. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rocket shoes to every crew, Easter eggs and gaming news, the POTUS need some bad dudes to crash a crew like Bandicoot, all shit and gaming and glitch control issues. Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, this is Control Issues. <laughs> I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. That dash is a hyphen because we are multi hyphenate around these parts. Also, go to you know twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure uh head on over to twitter my control issues is the handle and if you go to your podcast provider whoever that may be make sure you look for control issues download it subscribe to it rate it and review it amc how you living living well living well um I'm sure you'll have your update from how we, we ended abruptly last week. And so people will hear all about your updates, but yeah, my week has been well, um, same old shit. One thing, uh, I failed to mention last week that I will mention this week is I've finally started reading my first Warhammer book. So it is actually oh. been an exceptional week. It's, uh, I, I've been, you know, just getting into the figurines and all that, the painting, all that good stuff. Killers is going nuts right now. But I'll ignore him. Yeah, I've been yeah, getting no. into like the figurines and all that good stuff, and just reading the lore from from that, just building and building, and then next thing you know, I'm where's the first book that I should start? Where's a good jumping on point to really like get into, um, you know, just the whole world that is Warhammer 40k? I should specify, and um, so yeah, uh, after many recommendations, I finally picked up starting at the Horus Heresy, and it's been absolutely amazing. Um, I, I won't bore you with all the details, but it's just a great war epic and just so many great characters, which is what they use to build, you know, that entire universe is on the, on, on all those personalities and just character traits that are just so powerful. Um, in that now, genre. is it all text or is it illustrated in any manner? Uh, it's all text. So oh, um, Jesus, so <laughs> you're really in it for the, yeah. for the content. So what I've been doing is whenever a character comes up, I just quickly just Google that that character or go to the wiki just to get like a picture, an idea of like what they look like and like a little quick back history. And then I just and then I jump right back into the books. So um, it's, it's great. Like it's like a full like experience uh, to the point where eventually maybe at some point I'll be playing a dope like Warhammer game and then I'll just know everything that's going on. But AW, you get oh, into it. I'm we'll gonna, like, see. Maybe sooner than later, AFC. Yeah, I know. Yeah, more there. Um, but you start talking. I'm going to like Killer. And how's your week been? Well, all right. Well, first and foremost, I got to lead off with an apology to the people at home and especially to you, AMC, for cutting the show short last week. Had a, you know, went a little bit over time, you know, my my people showed up, my people being my parents, and it was time for me to go pick up my brand new Sony A80J 65-inch OLED TV. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I was ready to wait 
for a month since Cyber Monday when I purchased it because that's when they told me that the shipment might be coming in. However, less than a week later, they got my set in. I went in and got it. I had already ordered the TV stand. So, you know, based on the way that things are going, I had the TV just leaning up against the kitchen wall for like five solid days, just looking at it every day. Like, I'm, I'm about to fuck you up. I'm about to, <laughs> we about to have a, a whole, whole, a whole life together that you're not just ready for. But yeah, it, just brutally passing the days, Monday, Tuesday, you know, you know the days. And then eventually, TV stand got here. Sunshine was out. It's like, all right. I, I mean, I'm working from home today, but I'm, I'm slowly unboxing this TV stand. Put that together. That took me about uh, two, three hours, and got that together. Got that in place. Almost got through the assembly flawlessly. But there was the the way that they have you put the drawer together. You have to slide out the rails and put the drawer on the rails and then line up the rails with the holes in the drawer to put the screws in. Of course, one of the rails wasn't lining up with the hole. So started getting a little, I've been doing this for three hours. It's nighttime. This is the last thing that needs to be done. And I want it to be over kind of attitude going on. So I don't know. I was getting careless. My hands slipped, cut, cut my finger. Uh, it it wouldn't be a proper DIY build. Well, I don't know if this is DIY, but I did do it myself according to the instructions and all the pieces provided. But this wouldn't be a proper build if there wasn't some blood to mix in with all the sweat that I poured to get it done. So paid my blood cost in order to, you know, properly bless the new build. I, I tore down the old TV stand in a matter of minutes. You know, I didn't thank it for its service as I put all the pieces in the trash can. So I feel bad about that. If the pieces are still down there, I'll say a quick prayer, give some thanks. You know, that was over a decade of dedicated service and I can't be happier with the performance, not only of my old television, which is now standing in my bedroom. I haven't gotten to hooking all that up yet, but also to the TV stand itself, supporting the TV, supporting my console, supporting my games, my monitor speakers. And yeah, man, it, it it did its job, but now it's on to the big boy stuff. Got me a, a kind of tall, kind of wide wooden stand. Got both my consoles on there. Got my TV on there. That in itself was a little dicey because unbox the TV. And then I realized like, holy shit, this shit is huge. It's extremely thin, which is great. But at the same token, it's extremely wide. And it's got a little, it's got a little heft on it. I think it's about 45 pounds. I was by myself. I needed to get the legs of the stand into the body of the television. So I had to lift up one side, get that in there, lift up the other side, get that in there. All the while trying not to touch the screen, trying not to like tip it over or anything. Had a couple of little scares, but managed to get the legs in, managed to lift up the TV myself, got it on the stand, hooked everything up, got everything situated the way I needed to be, fired it up, got all my streaming services, hooked up all my, my settings, looking at all the YouTube videos and getting all the tips and everything, setting up all my, my, my picture profiles, uh, hooked up the consoles, it auto-detected that, set it, up, set it up in there and went in the consoles themselves, did the HDR settings, got those tight, and then got into that content. So first and foremost, fired up Forza Horizon 5, of course. 
that shit looks even realer than it already looks like. It, I can see much more finer detail in every single part of the car. Like it, it looks damn near real when I was playing it on my 42 inch 1080p plasma, but playing down that 4K Ultra HD 120 hertz uh, HDR is it's it's phenomenal. It's just it's it's like if I was sitting behind a car somehow floating behind it as it's driving and controlling it with like a radio control car but it's a real car and i'm following behind it in a hover chair like that's what it feels like the screen is so big that i'm used to leaning in to try to see my my old tv better this tv like i'm sitting there regularly and it's still kind of hard for me to focus on the whole screen it's like i'm focused on a on a meaty chunk of it in the center but then i'm like oh wait there's more detail in the corners there's more detail over there it's like and then i lean in it's like ah so much detail but yeah playing forza that also fired up diablo 3 and even in that game like it's bigger and i'm enjoying the action just the same it's the same game it's awesome but i'm noticing a much wider spectrum of color like there's there's just subtle subtle shades of color that I never picked up playing it on my older screen. Um, I also fired up Returnal and that along with Forza, like those were just like playing new versions of the same game. Like it felt like I had, it felt like I had a new console basically because I'm seeing details and colors in these games that I never witnessed before. Returnal, it was almost too much because it was just like, there is so much going on here on my old TV. Like it looked I, I very much enjoyed that spectacle and how it looked, but on this new TV, it's just like, damn, it could look better than what I was already looking at. It's it's fucking phenomenal. And then um, I also fired up Chorus, of course, and dicked around in that for a little bit. I just wanted to get a look at it, and like the asteroids look like real rocks. The blacks are so deep. Just the colors and the highlights, everything is just popping on levels that I never even imagined. And then... um. Another cool thing that I just tested out and came to a conclusion with with this television is um, Sony A80J. So what they did with this television is the entire screen is a speaker. And the way that that works is that since the screen is a speaker, they figure out where audio is coming from on the screen and they project the audio from that location in the screen. So I was watching uh, Avengers infinity war so you know at the very beginning thanos he's just whooping everybody's ass and you remember thanos is a towering titan of a, of a being when he's talking you can hear his voice coming from a higher point than everybody else's voices so it gives you not only like their their spatial orientation within a scene but it also gives you that z-axis their height as well. So you're not just hearing something coming from the left, the right, or the middle, or like simulated from behind you or something. You're also hearing it coming from higher or lower. I thought that was awesome. The sound from the TV speakers, I guess TV speakers have come a long way because the sound is on par with what my monitor speakers were providing with me for the past decade. So I guess 10 years was enough for TV speaker tech to catch up to, to audio speaker tech. And yeah, I decided it was time to take my, my monitor speakers out too and reclaim that real estate in my living room, you know, take out 
another thing that's consuming power, take some cords out the back, get, get things nice and clean. So now I just have my television, the Xbox Series X, the PS5, and the SNES Classic all ready to go at the drop of the hat. Everything's real clean, nothing cluttered. I still got to, you know, settle in, personalize the space, make it really feel like it belongs there. Maybe, maybe with that extra real estate on the side of the television, I can get myself a little plant, a little end table, get a little more adult up in this piece. And yeah, so insofar as how I've been doing it, I'm doing great, man. It's, I got all my streaming services set up and it's, it's much more refreshing doing all my streaming from the television rather than having to fire up a console and fire up my speakers and all that. I just cut on the TV, cut on what I want to watch and I'm good. Then I can cut off my TV and I'm good. I don't have to turn on the power strip that my consoles are hooked up to. So I don't have to have those sucking up juice in rest mode or, you know, just in whatever sleep mode they do in order to give me features like quick resume and, you know, automatic updates. So I can just keep those off until it's straight up game time. And it, it's wonderful. Got a bunch of free outlets. So plug some lights in. I don't know. Maybe a dub thinking about getting the, the RGB light strips in the back at that ambient light on the screen. I don't know. <laughs> so very excited about what the future holds for my media and entertainment needs. And yeah, man, but AMC, what have you been playing? I'm playing some Eastward. Um, yeah, that game's continuing to be amazing. Push forward. I actually got a lot of gaming timing in ran- randomly this weekend. Um, Friday night, Saturday night, the usuals, the late night gaming sessions. But then an impromptu was supposed to go to Disney on ice today. Um, oh. As as we're literally pulling out, the neighbor's like, oh, it was supposed to just be like moms. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. So then I just, <laughs> I just get out of the car. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry. And I was like, nope, it's okay. As I'm walking into the house to grab that Nintendo Switch controller. So, um, yeah, go inside. I'm truly heartbroken. Yeah. This is your fault. (laughs) As as I'm packing a bowl, (laughs) getting ready to have the greatest, like, gaming session ever. Um, (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. So then go inside, play some Eastward. And, yeah, game is absolutely great. Um. An update on Earthborn, which is the the mini game, the game within the game of uh, mm. Eastward. I ended up beating that in on my second run because basically I just been buying up those um those those amiibo whatever things that contribute to um, you know your in game items. Um, so after collecting enough of that, I went in for a second run. Ended up beating it in that one run. The ending turned out turned out to be you know the the negative ending, and so um, I restarted the game again because I was like that was interesting. And next thing you know, as I'm starting, it's like oh, like things didn't work out well on that run. Like, um, and then the world had changed up from what I had experienced that first playthrough. And basically, it's like now you got to do another run to get the real ending, which means it's going to be a lot tougher. So um, it, it's absolutely amazing. It took about like an a little over an hour to complete that second run and it's so funny it's just a game within the game and it's already like one of my favorite roguelikes it's uh turn-based and what i love about what they do that you don't see in a ton of roguelike style of games is uh so um i should say in turn-based style of games is that so you have your party 
you can carry up to five people. And how it works is that you have your three that are doing the actions, two there in the background. You can switch them in, but as they're in the background, you can't control them. But what's really cool is every time you take action, those background characters will perform um, a special ability and they all have like their own special abilities to have. So there are some people strategically that you'll never actually control within the game, but it's good to have them in the background because they'll they'll have they'll be boosting up your characters or they'll like one of the characters, their their background, their background action is they um, sap the life, the health of the enemy, and then return it to one of your characters that's doing the battling. So it's uh, something that you don't see in um, turn-based games. Like we've seen that tag option, but never the, hey, you just have this guy as part of your party. They're not doing anything, but they're also boosting you with their special effects. So um, it's it's a really cool use of um, just having a big party uh within those style of games and what's great also even though they're in the background you're not actually controlling them they're also getting that experience so they're leveling up as well so it's not that thing where you have to use every character in order to level them up so yeah outside of that though eastward is also awesome got some new abilities got some new um weapons and the story is just great um i'm in chapter four or five at this point so pushing along and um yeah, can't really say much more other than I just absolutely love it. It's it's definitely going to be a, a hard fought battle for what's going to be my game of the year this year, and uh, it's a it's definitely a good thing. And speaking of a dub game of the years, game awards, let's just get into these topic of the week. That's how many? Yeah, to- topic of the week. 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 This is going to be pretty much that the game awards episode where we just discuss everything yes. announced all the winners all the snubs all that good stuff all the trolls um all things awards yeah so uh i guess we can just get right into it we're gonna we're gonna start off with the announcements and then we'll do we'll, we'll, we'll highlight some winners after uh, we could we could we could do a mixed bag but uh you want to lead it off a dub the absolutely as you know, with these award shows, it's this time of the year, it's the end, and they're trying to show us the beginning, the next year to look forward to. So we got a whole slew of announcements, a whole slew of reveals that we necessarily, you know, sometimes there are things that we know of but have not seen. There are things that we have not known of and maybe have seen. And There's so many now, so many trailers. <laughs> so many. So many trailers. It's ridiculous. So just let me... Let me lead off with one that I think is of particular note, and we got a reveal of the gameplay for Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. AMC, I know how I felt, and I'm going to share that, but I want to know how you felt about finally seeing this game in action. Uh, it was great in that it's not the typical rock steady style of game as far as, you know, what we expect from the other bat from the Batman games where it's you got group combat and you 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 push triangle right when they're about to hit you and then you'll counter and you do all that stuff like mm-hmm. it um they actually highlighted a lot of the shooting in this game. Um and it's third person actions, which is a, a, a bonus for me. But yeah, I didn't realize that it was gonna be kind of like a third person shooter in that in that sense like there is like melee and all that good stuff but um yeah they're really highlighting that and it looked great um all the characters looked very unique um as far as like seeing was it a dead shot and he's like in his jetpack shooting up dudes <laughs> as he's flying around the building um yeah that's what, that's what shooting whores yeah what looked like i guess 
like some of the open world like elements of it um i think it was like it was king shark was like just running up the side of a building to go fuck somebody mm-hmm. up <laughs> so um yeah it, it has like a little bit of everything which is kind of great and as i said just it didn't look like the typical you know wb rocksteady game that you would expect and i think that's a that's a that's a good thing it, it shows that they're um they're branching out and doing different things with their combat um and yeah i so far everything looking good for suicide squad the first trailer showcased you know some of the tone and uh the personality behind it and i I actually laughed in that first trailer so that was already off to a good start and now to see the gameplay it's like bringing it all together and i can kind of see the picture of uh where they're going with it and i i think they have um as far as like you know in comparison to james gunn having the right idea for what suicide need to be as a movie i think rocksteady has the right idea for what suicide needs to be suicide squad needs to be as a game and yeah everything looking good so far how about yourself what do you think absolutely loved it uh king shark looking like incredible hulk ultimate destruction with, with a minigun like i said <laughs> running up the side of buildings doing the power slams is charging through enemies charging up his fist at some point i imagine he's going to unleash some obscene level of destruction with that uh one thing that really stood out to me was the traversal with all the characters in the game they have their own unique manners of traversing the environment like harley even has a a low grade kind of spider-man-esque traversal where she's just swinging from her grappling line but it's not like it's not like batman swinging where he's got it on he's got that hydraulic reel that's pulling him along the thing. Like it's just a straight up rope. She attaches it to something and she swings in an arc. And that, uh, you know, that gives her some mobility and flexibility to do some, you know, low grade Spider-Man stuff. You know, she's not throwing out the rope and pulling people (laughs) and swinging people around or tying people up with it. Who knows? Maybe she will. I also enjoyed the animations of the traversal because it isn't, it isn't like geometric and, boring looking if you can kind of understand where I'm going with that it's more like you feel like they are propelling themselves through the sky or running up the building because they're they're up there and they're moving as if they were real people gliding through the air but under control Uh, I'm enjoying what I see of the melee but like you said I'm also a big fan of the ranged combat that's involved there it'll allow you to switch it up and engage with the content as you see fit and i probably need to go back to watch the trailer again but it also appeared as if the entire suicide squad is involved in any particular encounter at a given time it it may be even possible to switch between them i don't know but this trailer made me want to get additional information each character clearly has a distinct combat style so it'll be fun picking which ones you want to be at any given moment or on any given playthrough, however they engage with that. Personally, you know, A-Dub, I'm 100% going to go Harley from beginning to end. Maybe I'll switch it up if necessary or if people look fun or better suited for certain situations. I mean, it would be awesome if there were certain enemies where it would be more beneficial for the player to be in control of a particular character to engage with. But above all that, give me that, that Harley Quinn running through the city, doing her damn thing, being silly and nutty. Yeah, so far, this game is looking great. We got a glimpse of what a Brainiac-controlled Flash is going to be bringing to the table. Obviously, the Speed King himself, the holder of the Speed Force, he's, 
you, you're not touching him. They're shooting at him. He's just moving out the way, clowning him, talking trash. So it's going to be very intriguing to see how we're going to engage the members of the Justice League as well as take them down as the name of the game implies, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. So, yeah, that's how I feel. Looking forward to more about that. But let's get to some more announcements. Mm. <laughs> so let's stay I with what you said. Well, it seems you're reading my mind, so I'll let you go. I say, so yeah, so since you brought up Suicide Squad, let's stay with WB and in this announcement in the way of a cinematic trailer. So not a lot of details there, but we got an announcement that we are getting a Wonder Woman video game. Um, this yes. from the IGN article, just quick description. WB Games has announced Wonder Woman, a new game from Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Uh-oh. Maybe get that Nemesis system and Shadow mm. Shadow of Wars monolith production. Maybe get that. Maybe get that hitting yourself in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe um, get that keyboard gameplay. <laughs> yeah. So we know we know what monolith is going to be working on. It's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, what what are your thoughts on finally getting a Wonder Woman video game? <laughs> it's about time, and it's the right time. These are the consoles that are built to handle. The, the kind of action and spectacle that we would need to see in order for a Wonder Woman game to truly excel at what it could possibly be. Uh, this is the right time because we have the, the right kind of talent. We've had the right kind of advancements in game design and game development in general that it, if, if they really want to make this good, there's no excuse why they cannot. There's plenty of resources at their disposal. There's all the tech necessary to do this. It's time for Wonder Woman. And with this being, as far as I know, the first Wonder Woman game or the first one in God knows how long, it's it's time to do it right. And it's time to just give the people what they've been waiting for because the, you could go any direction with this. I imagine that they're going to go the the 3d route you know i don't know if they're going to go open world or anything who knows but like i said if they go linear if they go levels if they go open world if they go hub based whatever they do it's wonder woman it's going to be hard to do it wrong there's a lot to work with i'm looking forward to it how do you feel yeah i um i think it's awesome i'm, I'm trying to like trying to think is this the first like you know solo female superhero game that i could think of like as far as like the established ones um because i was just running through all the comic book heroes and i was like i don't know if they've done this at this point at least like as of late um so yeah that's already great in itself wonder woman she's had two great movies um so like i enjoyed both their movies and it's like i don't know it's it's at the peak of like powers as far as like awareness of wonder woman and so now to see her see Wonder Woman get like a game now is that absolutely awesome. I think it's from the right studio as far as like already known for their great combat and to see what they could do there. I mean, um, it, it'd be interesting if they decide to do open world. I mean, they've done open world games up until this point, and with one woman, you have your options. You, you can get that invisible invisible jet. <laughs> you could um, <laughs> you could have you could have her. I mean, she can fly. I I, I guess right in the movies. Um, yeah. And then swinging on clouds, yeah. And then just like with the 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 was it the uh, the bangles and the lasso, she has like 
uh, an array of weapons that at her disposal, and even the the uh, what the the crown. We've seen her at, at times take it off and throw it at people, um, and so she has an array of weapons that she could um, use as far as like abilities and upgrades and things along those lines. And it would, I guess now the interesting thing will be um, what enemies they decide to have in the game. Uh, obviously, what was it in the uh, we saw Cheetah in the last movie, and that was already great. Mm-hmm. And um, there are plenty of other like just you know DC villains that they could throw in there. So um, I can't wait to see how this game looks i mean obviously they didn't give a lot but the announcement alone was enough to be like holy shit it's finally happening so that's great especially after hearing so much about like a superman game um kind of glad that they went this route even though superman game would have been dope but this is this is very different which is great hey work up to it figure out what works what doesn't and make the superman game the best that it can possibly be because that is far more easy to screw up than a Wonder Woman game because a Wonder Woman game is going to move at a slower speed. (laughs) And it's like, as long as you can get the feeling of deflecting bullets while walking toward the shooter, it's going to be a winner. (laughs) All right, you want to go into the next game? Next game, brand new one, unexpected one, little bit of Lucas Films involved. Oh, Mm. what could it be? Star Wars Eclipse. So we didn't see much in the way of gameplay, or maybe we did and we just couldn't discern what was gameplay and what wasn't because it appeared to be a largely cinematic trailer. This is going to be a heavily story-driven game because it's being developed by Quantic Dream. Oh, yeah. The makers of Detroit Become Human, Heavy Rain. So, yeah, we're getting that kind of experience, but through the lens of Star Wars. So Eclipse is gonna take place in the time period of the High Republic. It'll feature multiple playable characters and it will have a branching story. It's still early in development, so it might be a while before we see anything about it. However, this further confirms that the Star Wars license is gonna be getting around the gaming industry. We got Quantic Dream making a game. We got Ubisoft Massive making a game. It, yeah. We're finally going to be getting the bevy and breadth of Star Wars games that we've deserved all these decades. AMC, how does the announcement of Star Wars Eclipse make you feel inside? Yeah, um, I think it's cool. Just now we're starting to get like just the different types of Star Wars games. And that's like what you really wanted um, when they opened mm-hmm. up, like who could, you know, develop on these games and you can publish them. And with that, yeah, seeing Quantic Dream have its own take on the Star Wars um, genre. I think that's great. Um, these new experiences, these different experiences that you would, that, you know, branching out from what we come to expect as far as like, all right, this one's going to be the game where we're flying around in space and shooting up things. And now here's the Jedi game where you're going to run around with the lightsaber and, and, and fuck shit up. Um, to have Quantic Dreams take on it with the branching narratives and things along those lines, I think that's going to be, you know, a great way to um, experience Star Wars and um, especially on these consoles because, you know, Quantic Dream always known for, you know, having a more cinematic feel and, now having it on these powerful consoles, I think that's going to take it to the next level and to really see what they could do. I mean, just going from heavy rain to Detroit, there were so many advancements there and now they had so much time to, you know, really refine what they do. And now to see that take then uh, in the star Wars universe, I think that's going to be awesome. Absolutely. 
A dub, let's keep AMC. it moving. Are we gonna say yes, let's get, I was gonna say let AMC get that next announcement. Yes, sir. Um, you know what I mentioned earlier in the show, been getting into the the space of Warhammer at 40k. Mm-hmm. And we got mm-hmm. an announcement in the show coming by the way of Warhammer Space Marine 2. So oh. so the Breakdown from IGN, after more than a decade, Warhammer Space Marine is back with a new entry. Focus Home Interactive and Saber Interactive officially unveiled Warhammer Space Marine 2. They shared that it will star Titus, the captain of the Ultramarines, one of the franchise's most iconic characters. Um, reason why I note this one here, this is uh, this looks more like, a, I guess, a third-person kind of like shooter in a way. Um Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, yeah, looked looked absolutely fun. The uh, the trailer looked great. I mean, I just love uh, anything when it comes to the, like just Space Marines in that world and see them going up the, against the Tyranids um, and just that epic battle in just a cinematic trailer. See some of the action that looked great, and you know, um, we've just been highlighting um, as like you know in the pre-show when we just look at like certain warhammer things and it looks like they're just getting closer and closer to finding like that right game uh for them because they've just had so many and between this and what is it a uh, warhammer chaos gate demon hunter or daemon hunter um yeah mm-hmm. two two good games and on the way and it's uh um very different too which is what i love about it is that they they aren't afraid to you know license out their games and to just different types of different types of developers whether it's um what real-time strategy turn-based rpg or turn-based tactical and in this case a third-person shooter uh something very different all around I mean, what, what were your thoughts when you saw this trailer and first of all the cinematic trailer was overly impressive and i thought that that was all that we were going to get it was like okay that that does leave something to the imagination but then they hit us with some of the gameplay clips and it's like oh they're like targeting that because the gameplay itself looked very similar to the cutscenes, not in so far as overall image quality, but just in the spectacle of the action, the things that you'll be doing. Like you, the, the cinematic portion, it showed off a more focused encounter between one of the space Marines and one of the enemies and just brutally dissected those creatures before taking on the big boss and taking him apart pulling out a spinal cord, shoot him in the nuts. <laughs> it, it was humiliating. It was straight up Space Marine-esque. But um, once the gameplay itself started, you then see the Space Marine with the chainsword cutting through <laughs> hordes of enemies, attacking them from all sides. You see the shooting. You see a densely populated world with tons of activity going on in every direction. So it, it very much looks the part that's being betrayed by the cgi portion but it looks like there's going to be a lot more action it looks outstanding it's current gen only so we don't have to worry about it being held back yeah so yeah very much looking forward to this as you noted amc there are just warhammer games and all over the spectrum when it comes to not only genre but also the the type of warhammer that they that they engage with there's the sci-fi end of the warhammer which i'm guessing is the 40k and then there's also the more fantasy kind of medieval style of warhammer which you know you typically find with the real-time strategies in the pc only space but yeah man we got like i said we have 
Damon Hunter. Now we have Space Marine 2. Uh, Age of Sigmar was one of those games that was right on the cusp of being great. You know, we still get those occasional dungeon crawler slash action RPG style games. I mean, there was Chaos Bane. And then there was another one, and I don't know the name of it. Uh, we get the first-person fantasy-style action with Verminatide and Verminatide 2, which is getting the, what is it, the 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 priest, <laughs> the stalker priest or something content that's coming soon. And yeah, man, it's, I think Space Marine 2 might be it. I've yeah. been calling it for a long time now. We've been calling it here Control Issues, <laughs> just that they're, they're right at that tipping point. They're just like, one good game away from being like, oh, Warhammer's that fucking franchise. I think Warhammer is about to be that fucking franchise. So we'll see. I have high hopes. If I were a betting man, and I'm is, <laughs> I'd put some money on Space Marine 2 being the one that sets things off, which would kind of be full circle for the Warhammer franchise because I believe people have very fond memories of the original Space Marine. So Space Marine 2 is the one that pushes them to an even higher level and gets them the kind of recognition they deserve for not only the Warhammer universe and its dual time periods, but just also for the ridiculous output that, that they have with this franchise. I mean, they just put out games <laughs> on games on games. This is like, this is like PS one through PS three era from software like the rate at which they put out games. This is back when From was putting out like a dozen games a generation. So yeah, I'm looking forward to whatever Warhammer is doing. I'm looking specifically at Space Marine 2. But let's get into the next announcement. Mm. I got a little got a little something for the content creators, for the streamers out there. We know you guys have been going through it, you know, the industry and various industries the, the music industry specifically is is kicking back on the content creators got them with those digital millennial copyright acts getting them for having the music in the background where they're getting a getting their clicks getting their traffic getting their views for riot games and their ongoing stream of just bold hard-hitting decisions are coming with another one specifically for the content creators out there. This one is called Sessions Diana. And what this is, is an album of copyright-free music that streamers and content creators can use without getting DMCA'd. So if you got yourself a channel, if you got yourself a loyal base of subscribers and you need to get that background music back in your background, then you're gonna wanna back Sessions Diana because Riot Games made that for you. AMC, how do you feel about a move like this? Uh, it's great, um, especially for content creators. Um, I know, like that's been, it's been a tough part when it comes to, you know, streaming games for some people because you know sound would just drop out, <laughs> things along those mm -hmm. lines, and it's like, oh, like, um, and you won't even be aware like what's going on, but there there'll be like a copyright block. So I think it's one of those ways to. Uh, get around um, so that people can actually like put out stuff and not have to worry about like having their videos drop and things on those lines. So it's definitely uh streamer friendly and why not? Especially if you know that a lot of your community is like, is, is like trying to get into that, um, you know, into that like area, why not make it more open for them? So yeah, good move. I think on their part. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's what see. What you got for us next? 
Uh, this is a quick one. Uh, we got a release date for a game that I'm looking forward to and into a window of game releases that is just, you know, as we thought it was, it was dispersing and now it's filling back up again. This coming by way of Tunic. So if you were fans of what was yes. it, that, that Link Awakening uh, art style um, and just Link uh, Zelda in general, this is this game is kind of a take in that, but in the form of you know a cute little adorable fox. And we got a release date, and that will be coming out March sixteenth, twenty twenty two. So yeah, uh, between February and March, it's it's just filling up. I believe that's like somewhere right around Triangle Strategy. So who knows mm-hmm. when I'll be playing this game? Um, obviously, Sifu coming out in early February is a game that I'm eyeing. We got like Elden mm-hmm. Ring around that territory. We got Horizon. And now we got this this little adorable fox moving in there as well. So just just stacking up that that quarter, but absolutely awesome. You want to keep it moving, A Dub, or you have anything else to say with when it comes to Tunic? I've been looking forward to this game for years. I'm kind of apprehensive though because I've been on a pretty bad string of like every every smaller. Xbox game that I've been interested in so far has ended up coming over to PlayStation. So I'm going to, I might wait out to make as much as I want to support it on day one. It looks phenomenal. I'm sure it will be phenomenal because I've seen some gameplay and I'm, I'm all about it. I can already imagine myself on the sticks, but I don't know. Maybe it might make it to PlayStation. We'll see. So I'm, I'm going to hold out some hope in that regard, but I'll tell you something that I know is coming to PlayStation and it's quite a surprise for everybody. Alan Wake 2. So it's been about a decade since the release of the original Alan Wake. It was an Xbox exclusive all the way up until recently when we got the release of the Alan Wake remaster that went multi-platform. And now we've got Alan Wake 2 coming in 2023. Um, As you guys know, Alan Wake, this is a game about a writer and the stories that he writes are coming to life. Of course, he's a horror writer. So, you know, not erotica or anything that would have been fine, but horror writer. So all these, all these like just supernatural beings are coming to light. If you're a fan of Alan Wake or Remedy or, you know, you would be aware that control also ties into Alan Wake by helping to flesh out and explain the more supernatural elements of what's going on in the Alec Wake universe with altered items, altered world events and such. So with Control successfully releasing, being a great game in its own right, we learn that there are items in the world that have some kind of connection and power with other dimensions and when they're used or when they're interacted with they cause strange things to happen. So Alan Wake, I imagine, has got some kind of some kind of typewriter or something that's bringing everything to life. And now we got Alan Wake too. Maybe we'll see some control crossover with that. You know, we we only saw a cinematic trailer. We saw Alan Wake holding up his light, looking like Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> well, we're gonna see what what else is coming with that game at some point. As noted, it's gonna be. Multi-platform, PS5, Xbox Series X, AMC. I know you're not a fan of survival horror, but how did you feel about Alan Wake 2? Pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, Remedy said it's their first survival horror game, so it'll be interesting to see their take on that. Um, I think it's a good move 
I mean, yeah, it's always a good move to go multi-platform, I would say. But especially in this situation, knowing that, um, at least from what I heard, that there's there's pretty much a shared universe between like Alan Wake and um, Control. Um, and so now, like, you know, PlayStation fans, like getting their hands on Control, playing that and also playing the remaster, it'd be kind of strange to suddenly like put out Alan Wake and be like, and this is a console exclusive. <laughs> um especially when you yeah when the stories are not necessarily interconnected but you know of the same space and so uh yeah i think it's a good move on that part um also making it survival horror it um it always seemed like a survival horror game from an outside perspective um especially because uh That's I guess what this, I yeah the simplicity behind it um with like just a dude in his flashlight and a gun <laughs> and making shit happen um uh, and i guess now they're gonna really um i guess dive into that and really explore what that can do for this game. And um, I think that would probably be a good, a good thing, especially because it'll also give their games a different feel. Like when, when control comes out, it's, you know, more like powers oriented things on those lines. When Alan Wake comes out, it's um, it's a little more, I guess, simplified um, in that uh, in, in that it gives its own feel. And I think that's a, it's a good way to differentiate the, the style of games that you're going to be, that they're going to be putting out, especially with these established franchises that they clearly seem to be intent on expanding upon. So yeah, um, I'm sure the people who have been Alan Wake fans, you know, just talking about how, how great it was for the past like, couple of years and now getting the remaster, the, uh, the hype is at full bloom and why not lead it up with now a new installment. So I think this is definitely one for the fans. Uh, let's keep it moving. This one, you yeah. know, this is just an update on something we've already seen. Um, you know, Saints Row, we got a new gameplay trailer and, you know, just, just showing off, like just, all the gameplay <laughs> uh we saw what like we saw the person flying a jet in between buildings uh we saw a helicopter lifting up a car we saw the character flying around in a wingsuit and then just slamming to the ground pulling out a rocket launcher firing it at the ground like sending a bunch of enemies flying through the air um yeah we just saw a ton of the action from some of the side characters some of the enemies in the game that you'll be going up against um just a lot and you know the thing with this is just you know it's uh the game we already saw was delayed to august and so it's just more and more time to for them to just work on this game and make it better and we saw the initial reaction when they first announced this game and just people really you know having you know strong reactions strong negative reactions to you know the character designs the character models things on those lines the look of the characters and as we see more and more gameplay it's like just looking like this is just more and more undeniable and so it'll be interesting to see how people receive it as it gets closer to launch and then i can already see it being one of those games that's like you know Saints Row is actually not that bad. I think people should uh, yeah. pick this up. <laughs> I'm surprised. In, in hindsight, talking, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised more people aren't talking about Saints Row. I, I I feel like that it's gonna be one of those games where it's it's gonna come out. People are actually gonna enjoy it, and then the more and more people hear about how fun it is, I think it's gonna you know just draw in people to play. And um, I mean, what what were your thoughts when you just saw this uh, this update to the the gameplay? 
I mean, it was off the wall action as people claim to have come to expect from the Saints Row franchise. I mean, of course, you got your dual wielding. They're showing off a, a laundry list of customization options, different kinds of weapons. You're erecting energy shields and shooting through them at the enemy. And I'm guessing they can't shoot back at you. You see in the antics of the characters and their stories. And yeah, man, I mean, it looks like it looks like the thing that people got mad at Rockstar for no longer making once GTA 4 came around because people wanted Super San Andreas and instead they got a more refined and streamlined experience within the GTA universe. That's why a lot of people flocked to Saints Row. You know, it was gangster. It was it was obscene. It was misogynistic. <laughs> but it was crazy. It had, it had all the customization. It had all the side activities. It had all the slapstick comedy, it had all the action. And yeah, now people are acting like they're turning their back on the franchise because, oh, they look like they work at a Starbucks, it's too woke. But when whenever I see a Saints Row trailer, it looks more and more like Saints Row. Like there's nothing in that trailer that that stands out to me as different or uncharacteristic as of the franchise uh, as they show more of the game it instills the confidence that the developer tried to convey when they assure people like look you guys are forming these judgments based off of nothing wait until we show you stuff like it's still saints row it's still what it is just trust in the vision so i'm trusting in the vision i think that they're doing a great job and I'm looking forward to seeing this game get a layer of final polish on it and, you know, looking forward to seeing what's going on. My only, my only issue that I hope that they address is that once you unlock the ability to dual wield, that you aren't locked to dual wielding. I want to be able to carry around my single. And when I so feel the need, I want to double up on it and go back. I want to have that freedom. But yeah, we'll get into another announcement here. This is a, a class <laughs> announcement of the week. Yes. We'll get into another announcement here. This one is for the horror fans again. I got a rep from my people. And this is coming from the developer of the Friday the 13th game. We're getting Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> we get another phase. <laughs> Yeah, so as I told you guys, this is coming from the creators of the Friday the 13th game. If you remember that game, despite, you know, its bugs and its noticeable jank, it was something that people did enjoy. It was one of those asymmetrical kind of horror experiences where one player is playing as Jason, teleporting, looking for the looking for the campers while the campers are going around in Camp Crystal Lake. And I believe that it's it's random each time you play, or at least the, the locations of the items that you need in order to escape or defeat Jason are placed randomly in each play session. So, you know, you're, you're going around to the different cabins, you're looking for stuff, you're trying to start the car, and you're trying to get the fuck out of there. So I, I will be interested to see what you're going to have to do to, you know, be successful at playing Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm also highly interested in seeing at what abilities and, and, you know, what kind of abilities and what kind of features are going to be implemented with Leatherface itself 
going around with that chainsaw. Like, it, with something like that, it affords you the opportunity to really fuck with people because you could just be off in the distance revving that chainsaw. It was like, oh, he's coming. And then you go around the other side. You come out, cut somebody in the back. I don't know. AMC, how did you feel about Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I mean, what's gr- I'm, I'm happy in a way because these are games that I don't play, but... I love that, like, you know, they, as you mentioned, they took a chance with those, with the Jason games and that genre. It's, um, where, where we begin, like, that, as far as like when it comes to the asymmetrical, there was that, um, was it Evolve or whatever? And, yeah. you know, that game, which was a valiant first effort, yeah, well, first effort for that developer to make that kind of game. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that game kind of came and went, and it, there was a lot of like, oh, like people don't want to play this, like, yada, yada. But to see that that genre as like, like, you know, it's it's now found its footing it's, and it seems to be in this horror space um, from seeing the Jason game. There was that Predator game that came out and yeah, also now seeing yes. this uh, Chainsaw Massacre game. And uh, I think clearly there's a community behind it that supports it. They require multiplayer and, you know, they wouldn't keep making these games if people weren't showing up, buying them and playing them and supporting them online. And I'm sure they make for great uh, stream games as far as like, you know, Twitch or whatever. Uh, So yeah, it's, uh, I'm just happy to see that whenever there's a thing where people are like, oh, this isn't going to work because of either we don't like live service or we don't like, online games or we don't like multiplayer and then you know when that first one comes out doesn't really quite do it right but then the developers don't give up and you know somebody else does their version and they just keep reiterating until they finally get it right and i think that that's what's happening right now and these games are only going to get better and i think it's it's absolutely awesome at chainsaw massacre why not i, I remember watching one of those movies in the theaters and it was scary as hell yeah <laughs> so um, i'm sure this video game is going to be everything with all that and Leatherface, why not? He is just, you know, the creepiest of villains because it's just a dude with a sack on his head. <laughs> so, uh, yes. so, yeah, it's uh, absolutely awesome. Leatherface, bring it, slice him up, kill him, do do everything you got to do. I say, I say more yeah. of these games. <laughs> yeah, we only saw a teaser trailer for it, so there's still a lot to the imagination, but just setting a game within that space, there's a lot of opportunity there. And, you know, horror fans got another one. Uh, let's keep it going. Um, we have an announcement, another one of these, and we'll see if they get it right this time. This being Sonic Frontiers. Um, so mm. Sega has officially revealed Sonic Frontiers, a new open zone. <laughs> open zone, I guess, open world. Zone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Sonic Adventure that is set to speed our way in holiday 2022. Uh, not many details other than it will be taking place in Starfall Islands. So yeah, new Sonic game. Another open world Sonic game. We, you know, these have come out in the past, and you know, some people have liked them, but not to a, a ton of success, I would say, critically. Um, but we are in, you know, just a phase of gaming. I feel like where people are more and more figuring out what works and how to do things. And hell, they were able to figure out how to do, by all accounts, a good Sonic movie. I didn't watch it, but people seem to enjoy it to the point where we're now getting a second one. And Idris Elba mm-hmm. is going to be voicing Knuckles. So that is absolutely awesome. 
But um, yeah, if you can get Idris Elba for your sequel to your video game movie, (laughs) your first movie must have done something right. Yeah, and then you know Jim Carrey showing up. But then yeah, back to the gaming. Um, Yeah, we saw glimpses of the areas that you'll be able to explore as Sonic, and then just we saw Sonic running around doing his thing. And so, I mean, what what are your thoughts in a modern open world Sonic game? And Sonic Two by 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 any accounts. Well. Well, insofar as Sonic Frontiers, this one is, uh, this one's a little complicated because I don't know if you remember, but there was a fan-made open-world Sonic game that was in the works that was shut down. (laughs) (laughs) And now here we, now here we are getting a developer-made Sonic Frontiers. So, you know, just a little bit of shadiness, however... With what the developer is doing, obviously it looks far more polished and nuanced than the fan-made thing. But you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of shady that a fan was already in the process of making something like this, got shut down, and then here they come on the on the heels of those boots with their offering in that same space after seeing that people were interested. It'll be nice to see this come to life. You know, Sonic deserves it. This thing, it's cross-gen it's going to be on the switch ps4 ps5 pc xbox one series x so i'm going to be keeping an eye on it it i want sonic to come back to prominence in some way or another i also want sonic to be able to modernize and you know open world open zone whatever you want to call it i think that's the logical progression that's the treatment that the sonic franchise has deserved for a very long time. Insofar as Sonic 2, the movie, I kind of like the setup going in there. You know, Sonic's running around in the real world trying to be a hero, but his rash impulsiveness and, you know, propensity to move a little too fast is causing him to have problems. And then Dr. Robotnik introducing the Chaos Emeralds to the storyline, bringing Knuckles into the mix, Tails coming out with the biplane. It's a lot of homage to the franchise, especially like Sonic 2, Sonic and Knuckles. And I'm very anxious to see if the introduction of the Chaos Emeralds is going to lead to the Gold Sonic. Because once that happens, the, the Super Saiyan Sonic, oh man, it's gonna be awesome. And I don't know what happened in the original Sonic, but I'm also hoping that at some point we get to see Metal Sonic because that introduces just a whole new dynamic to the landscape. So I'm looking forward to both of these projects and I'm looking forward to the other announcements that we got to see. We got ourselves a Telltale game. Not really a Telltale game. It's coming from a developer by the name of Dramatic Labs and it's made up of veterans from Telltale games, but we're getting Star Trek Resurgence. That's right another Star Trek game. Third-person choice-driven. It's set in the Star Trek universe, and this is going to be coming at us in 2022. Like I said, this is from veterans of Telltale Games, so if you've played those kind of games in the past, then you know what to expect, except this time you're doing it in the Star Wars world. This is going to involve diplomacy. It's going to involve smooth talking. It's going to involve negotiating discussion. It's going to involve empathizing with both sides. So sometimes you're going to have to make threats. Sometimes you're going to have to get down to the nitty gritty. Sometimes you're going to have to tell somebody to fuck off. AMC, how do you feel about Star Trek Resurgence? Uh, kind of cool uh, from this perspective. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just that Telltale game. Why not do it in the Star Trek universe? You know, I don't really have a, a lot to say here other than it was interesting to see 
you know, where they were going to go after everything went, went bad at Telltale. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, seeing them now come back into space, uh, I, I, I hope it turns out well. People love Star Trek and people love Telltale games. But yeah, I don't really have much to say with this one. So I'm going to keep pushing well, it. Which ahead. one do you have something to say about? Well, this one, this is a gameplay trailer for a game that we only got a, a cinematic trailer for when it was showcasing, was it the Xbox Series X? And we're like, oh, we got games coming. But we got cinematic trailers for games because we can't show you anything yet. Well, now we got a gameplay update. This coming uh, by the way of Hellblade 2 Sinua Saga. Uh, so yeah, Jeff Keighley made a point to be like, this is all, <laughs> I don't know how this is all an engine, uh, but it's an engine. Oh my God. And um, yeah, we get to see yeah, it. It looks outstanding. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually looks incredible. Um, we saw, you know, um, we saw the character moving through Sinua uh, as she's moving along what looks like just the most dreadful beach or whatever <laughs> possible like yeah. coves and just all that pure stuff. black yeah. <laughs> nothing but rocks <laughs> yeah yeah it's like um god if you've ever been to like hawaii and you've ever been to one of the beaches where it's not really sand it's like all like you know lava rock um it, it was like that and she's moving along and you see it just in the background this just giant this giant just crawling its way and uh you're just like what is going on um she's talking to other people she's talking to herself <laughs> and um as mm -hmm. they make their way in that mental health <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah um what's it called? you see the giant just make its way into the uh the cove that they're in and they're like oh god we gotta take it down and you see all the people just setting up. She grabs what looks like a, a fire lance. One of the characters starts, you know, twirling this thing that looks like, you know, like he's going to hurl a rock at him, like how, how David would yeah. do. Uh, but That's exactly up, what I thought was happening. I was like, oh, this is about to happen. But then it actually ends up like, being... Is he about to hit this fool with a rock? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it ends up being like, uh, I guess, a canister with some oil in it. She throws that that flaming lance at the, the giant sets him on fire the giant starts losing its shit the the giant just fully detailed as you can get um as far as just as, as we mentioned as we noted while watching just the most fucked up rib cage ever yes <laughs> it's also what missing uh missing, yeah. missing some limbs um but yet like it's as it gets hit it gets it, it gets there uh they get its attention and all hell breaks loose uh Santa starts running backwards so this is it's interesting to see how the gameplay will work but she's running um as as she's running the um I guess the tribes people, the people that are that she's rolling with, they're throwing stuff at it, trying to slow it down. It's just taking it. You see dudes jumping on its back, trying to take it down. Um, and then as she makes it to the next person, they hand her a lance. She tosses it at it um, and obviously does nothing. Um, and the creature is just crawling at like at pretty good speed, <laughs> I would say. Um, and she just runs to the next, the next point, grabs another weapon. They're just throwing everything at it. They're setting up these traps. They set up this like fire trap. It breaks through the fire trap. They have all these, um, all these, all these, um, I guess pikes set up in the ground, and the thing just careens right through that, knocks it all over, knocks everything down. Just a lot of carnage and absolutely awesome. Um, interested to see how the gameplay works because it seemed very um, like the game was in control. Obviously, this could be you know an early on point where they're just really showing off the the cinematics of the game. But um, yeah, as far as just um, tension and like just like 
crazy atmosphere. They captured all of that, and the game just looks absolutely amazing. I can't wait to see what it looks like on an Xbox Series X, especially if you got that OLED like a dub. Um, but yeah, uh, looks like they've done everything to you know take this game to that next like next level. Um, so a dub, what did you think when you saw this trailer? Uh, I honestly can't believe that it's a playable game with just how outstanding those visuals look. It looks like a film and not even just like, oh, it's a movie game. Like it looks like a high quality award-winning film at every point. And it's transitioning between gameplay and cutscenes seamlessly. You know, of course it's, it's a gameplay reveal. So if there are any heads-up display elements, they've been hidden for the purpose of keeping them secret because they probably aren't finalized however like it, i don't think amc has gone into enough detail with this giant like it's this isn't your stereotypical like all right you fight humans and then there's a big human like it's it's like an attack on titan titan but this is a battle-worn titan that can't transition between being a human and being a titan like it's it's pulling itself along by its elbows and its hands just trying to get to some kind of respite inside of this cave when it's assaulted by all these people who are just trying to trying to build their notoriety build their build their numbers by taking out one of these things which no one has done and it's it, it just has flesh torn from its body you can see its teeth from the missing parts of its cheek and while it's chasing everyone it's like it's it's behaving in the most erratic and weird ways that you wouldn't expect a giant creature to behave. Normally in games, they just give you that giant creature that's just lumbering after you just like a, a normal person would. This thing, they set it on fire. It immediately just leans over and falls on a bunch of people. <laughs> and it takes a while for the dust to clear. Like people are running away in flames, trying to roll around in the water. The creature smashing people with its hands, eating them, crawling through the cave, trying to get to them. And through it all, somehow it seems to recognize Sinua. So there's going to be some story elements involved there. Maybe they discover that, oh, we can't kill these creatures. We have to save them. These are our friends. <laughs> Who knows? It, it, that's a typical plot line that happens whenever the creature recognizes a character within a story. But beyond that, it looks awesome. However, the game is called Hellblade and I saw no blades, which means that they probably got a lot more to show us at some point in the future, which I am looking forward to. But I'm also looking forward to this next announcement. Even though I haven't played the base game itself, we got the announcement and reveal for Cuphead. It's getting its new DLC conveniently titled The Delicious Last Chorus. So it's gonna be taking place on DLC Island. It's gonna be bringing us new levels and new bosses. It, it, it was There was a song performed. It had that, that 1930s, 1920s, that roaring 20s flapper performance kind of kind of bop to it it's going to be coming june 30th 2022 and it looks like more of the cuphead goodness that got it the notoriety that it deserved in the first place at some point i'm gonna crack open my, my cuphead art book and see what's going on in there get some insight into how they came up with one of the most iconic looking games of all time amc you play cuphead how do you feel about this dlc 
looks great. I, I love that they're they got the new homie with Miss Chalice, is it? Miss <laughs> Chalice, a dumb gonna be playing as Miss Chalice. <laughs> I know, yeah. I mean, that's the one thing. If it's uh I didn't see, but if it's three players, I mean a dub, Marissa, a dub, and and AMC, uh, all three of us could get down and it possibly Mugman, Cuphead, and Miss Chalice. Uh, yeah, it, it looks like more Cuphead. Um, I know people, this is like long awaited, people have been waiting for this announcement. Um, and I mean, it just looks like more great Cuphead. People loved it. Uh, some people's game of the year when it came out, however long ago. And, um, yeah, uh, I think this is going to be everything that people loved, um, all the difficulty and all of the uh, the beautiful animation art style that we grew to love from that that game. Um, what, June 30th, 2022? So, you know, we got, we got a little bit, but I think that's great, about six months from now. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I, I can't wait. Maybe if I love Cuphead enough, I haven't beaten Cuphead, but if I love it enough that it might be something that I might double dip into, get on, jump on the DLC island, see what they have to offer. I mean, the characters looked awesome. I liked how they, as they uh, went through all the different, like, uh, I guess, boss battles that you're going to have. Um, the designs were great. The, uh, some of them just looked absolutely awesome. One was like, it looked like a donkey knight. <laughs> and after reading <laughs> After reading uh, Don Quixote, like it, uh, it gave me those vibes. So I'm interested to see um, just like how they, you know, uh, present those characters, how they, especially that one, to see its move sets and things. That's that's what's going on with them. But yeah, absolutely awesome. I think Cuphead deserves more and more, um, you know, installments. And maybe at this point, this will be the last one, and what they call it, the delicious last course. So maybe this is now time to open up for mm. a potential Cuphead two. And to see what that would have to offer, especially one that's just purely for the new consoles. I mean, they could just take that animation to another level um, from where it already was. So, yeah, absolutely looks great. But let's keep it moving, A-Dub. Hmm, where are we going to go here? I mean, there were so many announcements. Um I mean, should we just go right into this one? This is uh, this is kind of a strange one. This is how they ended the show, but um, you know, we got we got some Matrix stuff going on. We got a little bit of the uh, we saw some of the movie, and then we also got an announcement that there was a Maker's game that was now out and free for everybody to play. Um, Keanu Reeves and uh, I, I I don't know. Oh, Carrie Ann Moss. I wanted to call her Trinity. Yes. But yeah, we saw Keanu Reeves and Trinity and, and Carrie Ann Moss come out present <laughs> this. Keanu Reeves with all his all the personality, just like knowing like I am in the video game space now. And probably I I mean it's safe to say I, I don't think he knows what the hell is going on, but he's just been told yeah. mention, mention Unreal Engine 5 as often as possible, get into it. Um and also you're here to also uh, promote Matrix as well, so, so yeah, you're, you're gonna shill. Yeah, he was in full promo mode. <laughs> yeah, like you you were out here to shill, and we know that you are a big name, so do it up. And so he was just like, yeah, you know what? I am aware of who I am, and that I don't know what's going on, but the audience loves me, or at least knows who I am, and so I am gonna just come out here and present that. And so yeah, you saw a little bit of uh, the movie trailer. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I I won't say too much about like 
my feelings about Matrix. I, I enjoyed the original Matrix trilogy. I'm not sure why they needed to go back into that space. But hey, if it comes out and it does and it's and it's good, then I won't. I'm not going to argue at more Matrix. Um, I mean, you can you can say whatever you feel about it. Uh, the announcement that it's an Unreal Engine experience. Uh, that's that's not too promising as far as the video game goes. Um, for <laughs> the Matrix Awakens, they just showed a little bit of it. Um, they showed you know. The character shooting at, I guess, from what we saw in the uh, the second movie, when the big car chase scene with the uh, was the twins with the dreadlocks <laughs> chasing twins, after, yes. chasing after them, and them just shooting up all those was it Cadillacs that, that were popular at the time. Um, yes, and yeah. definitely Prada placement all over that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, that CTX. <laughs> so unfortunately, um, after reading that and getting more of the details, I. This is definitely not going to be the. Uh, I'm assuming it's not going to be that Path of Neo follow up that has been long awaited by you know the Control Issues crew, but um, us, <laughs> yeah. But hopefully, with uh, you know, with the, the movie coming along, if that does well, maybe that will spark an interest to bring back. We are in that period dub where they are giving us what we want. They're like, oh, people like this. All right, well, let's give them that. And so, hopefully, you know, with the movie, with this experience that they put out this is just a start this is just a tease for what may come down the line what were your thoughts you know with the whole presentation and everything and you know with this this new matrix game i thought keanu was magical (laughs) (laughs) he he knew the assignment and he did his thing he just brought that keanu magic like this is even better than his than his cyberpunk appearance my man was just all over the place with his hand motions he was interjecting carrie ann was trying to Keep it professional, keep it Trinity like, but Keanu was was winding it up. So I was all about that. Insofar as the Unreal Five experience, I mean, it looks if you didn't know that it was like a game slipper demo, I don't know. Experience. Let's go with experience. If you didn't know it was that, you would have thought it was the movie because it's damn near photorealistic and it looks like it might be a bit on rails. However, I've seen some impressions from people who have downloaded it since the show, uh, let them know that it was available. And they're saying that once you do all the shooting, there is a point in the experience where you can get out the car and walk around. So that does give us a little bit of hope toward maybe a full-fledged Matrix game. Maybe we'll see the return of Shiny's melee combat system where you're taking weapons off the wall and cutting dudes up. I mean, it's one of the greatest combat systems ever made in Matrix Path and Neo. I mean, they tried to do something similar with it in the Arkham games, but nothing comes close to the potential held by what Shiny was able to accomplish with Matrix Path and Neo. So if we're going to get a Matrix Awakens game at some point, you know, something beyond what this unreal experience is bringing to the table, then I sincerely hope that at least some of the personnel that worked on Matrix Path and Neo, or you know, maybe the people working on the new Matrix game are going to take inspiration from that because the, it was ahead of its time. And you know, this is a great opportunity for that, but if nothing else, it's a perfect time to bring us a new modern matrix game that can take advantage of these hardware resources as well as the power of the Unreal 5 engine. In all of that, I'm extremely excited for it. But I think we've run through all the big announcements. I think it's time for us to talk about these awards, AMC. Yes, let's get right into these awards. What you got, Awards of the week. Awards of the week. week. (laughs) Awards of the week. 
week. So yeah, the Game Awards, it was a pretty massive show. There are a lot of awards given out. I got a list of what I believe is all of them. However, we'll just hit some of the bigger ones. We'll share our thoughts and try to move through these at a at a somewhat steady pace. You know, give everything its its requisite time and attention while also, you know, respecting your time as a listener. One game, one award that I'm keenly interested in is most anticipated game. So the nominees for that were Starfield, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, A Rising Forbidden West, and the sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. AMC, any last minute bets? I mean, I already know who won. Um, from, from my personal standpoint, uh, maybe, uh, you know what, I got to go with Breath of the Wild. Because that I, I can't wait to see what they do. Uh, Breath of the Wild still showing up on NPD, um, just just killing it numbers wise. And what we saw with like you know uh, the more we saw more gameplay from was it Tichia? We see the influence there. Obviously, people have um, made comparisons between Breath of the Wild and Horizon, um, you know Zero Dawn, and now Forbidden West. And to see what the follow up to the game. That apparently has now created um, so many uh, that so many other games have taken inspiration from. Um, I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. But Ada, do, do you have a personal one before you announce the winner of this list? My personal one, as many of you should know by now, because I make no bones about it, Starfield, baby. That's yeah. that's the game that I'm expecting to 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 light the sky on fire. It just set a whole new universe in motion. I'm extremely excited for it. The concept art and the build-up to the eventual gameplay reveal is just one of the most entertaining and intriguing hype trains I've ever followed. Granted, I don't get hyped because I keep my expectations in check. However, I do get excited because I like to get excited about stuff. I like to look forward to things. However, AMC, we're both wrong. Because the winner was Elden Ring. Mm. I mean, which makes a lot of sense. You know, people people were a little miffed by Miyazaki saying that Dark Souls 3 was the end of the Souls franchise. However, Dark Souls 3 was not the end of Souls games. We got Elden Ring coming and it's just the, the penultimate Souls experience. And so far as what everyone who's been playing the, the network test has told all of us plebs who can't get into it. So yeah, Elden Ring, big deal. It got a new cinematic trailer that was debuted at the the Game Awards, showing off some new NPCs, giving us details and backstory, lore about the happenings within the lands between. So it's a lot more to look forward to in the future. Elden Ring coming in February, 2022. A dub might be on it, depending on how good he's doing with Horizon Forbidden West, which would be his runner-up for most anticipated game. But let's get into another category. I'm not going to hit you with the with the esports stuff. Ooh, there's a lot of esports esports stuff. You know, they have the the content creator of the year. The winner of that was Dream. I've never heard of them. AMC, do you watch any kind of gaming content no, creators? Not none, none at all. <laughs> Just listen to that giant bomb podcast. I don't even listen to Giant Bomb anymore. I uh, I couldn't handle the game. I I, told, I I go sour on video game podcasts. At this point, I'm listening to Jeff Grubb's podcast, which is pretty good, and um, 
Colin Moriarty's podcast. Those are the only two I can handle at this point. Um, everybody I else could, could just eat a dick. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Except us. Because <laughs> we're the best. Yeah. But yeah, let's get to the best multiplayer game. So the nominees there were Back for Blood, It Takes Two, Knockout City, Monster Hunter Rise, New World. That's that Amazon game that people have been complaining about. And Valheim. The winner there. It takes two. It takes two, baby. It takes two. <laughs> Me and you. Yes. So, I mean, I don't have any feelings here. Not really big in the multiplayer games. However, I am getting into the space a little bit because, you know, having my own place, got to entertain guests, got to get some multiplayer games. It took a while for me to remember that uh, Diablo 3 has couch co-op. So, you know, that's a little something for me and a little something for the guests if they have that, that acumen, that aptitude to get into the multiplayer space. So, yeah, it takes two being the winner. I've seen just outstanding images of the game. I've heard nothing but good things from people who have been able to play the game, especially, you know, playing it with their wives, their girlfriends, girlfriend game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. AMC, you might also want to think about it. Takes two game, uh, best multiplayer game of the year winner. Well, I saw it also won best family game, so it's all it's it's checking off all the boxes as far as girlfriend games. So, yeah. (laughs) What more can I say? What more can I say? Well, we got more awards to talk about. Uh, Best sports slash racing game. So the nominees here were F1 2021, FIFA 2022, Hot Wheels Unleashed, mm. Forza Horizon 5, mm. and Riders Republic. Mm. Yeah, kind of strong, kind of strong. I've heard good things about Riders Republic. I've seen outstanding things with Hot Wheels Unleashed. Hot Wheels finally getting the, the racing game it deserved. Forza Horizon 5, of course, one of the most outstanding racing games that's available right now. FIFA 22 is FIFA. <laughs> F1 2021. Yeah, I've never been into the F1 games, but they tend to get noticed. I guess that F1 experience is plenty refined, you know, entertaining. But the winner here, and rightfully so, Forza Horizon 5. So being a being an owner and a player of Forza Horizon 5 well over 60 hours into the game, Hall of Fame, all roads driven, all but six signs busted, gold medals on every race that I've touched, cleared all the road races, cleared all the street races, working on the cross-country races, still got to do dirt races, plenty of story chapters to go through that I need to get into, almost 200 cars, one more house to buy. It. It's an outstanding experience. It's just a celebration of the automobile. It looks phenomenal. Like It looks photorealistic. I talked about it at the top of the show. I'm gonna talk about it at every point in the show that Forza Horizon 5 comes up. It looks real. I feel like I'm just watching real cars race through real conditions. It's just a blast to play. And it is being played quite a bit. Several million individual players have at the very least, try it out for the Horizon 5. And I say at the very least because while Microsoft and the subsequent Xbox users on these message forums like to tout these numbers, like, oh, 12 million people, this and that, when you go through the comments about people who have played Forza, a lot of the time it's people 
I'm not into racing games, but I gave it a try. And yeah, I only played it for a couple hours, but I respect it. Or, oh, I played it for 15 minutes and installed it. It's like, there are a lot of people who just played it because it was on Game Pass. So when, when you're throwing around all these numbers of the millions and millions of people who played the game, it is literally people who just played the game. It's not people who enjoy the game. It's not people who are, who are fans of racing. It's just people who, oh, this got a good review. Let me see. Oh, hated it out. So AMC, how did you feel about the winner for best sports and racing game? Um, yeah, makes sense. Got a 10 out of 10 on IGN. Uh, it's, you know, it's the standard when it comes to racing games right now, Forza. And it was definitely, it kicked off what I think is going to be a string of just uh, good Xbox games. <laughs> uh, you like that pregnant pause there? Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially mm-hmm. uh, all last generation, it was kind of like, well, like, where are the games? Where are the games? Uh, Xbox, you could talk about Game Pass, but where are the games? Blah, blah, blah. And then, um, yeah. But Forza has always been steady there. And so you kind of kick it off right. You come out with Forza uh, and it ends up being the best Forza <laughs> to date. And so it's our, like it gets Xbox off to a good start as far as and definitely with Game Pass being a, a great value. And then by all accounts, Halo doing really well. And so now you follow up Forza with Halo. Um, it, it, you know, they're, they have momentum going and to see, um, you know, Forza get acknowledged here, it had to be acknowledged somewhere within uh, these awards and it totally makes sense here. And um, yeah, I think it was head and shoulders above the rest of these games in this category. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a good way to steamroll the competition and tout yourself as a great platform for people to come and play your games on. Exactly. All right. We're going to move a little faster here. Best Sim Strategy Game. The winner there is Age of Empires 4, beating out Evil Genius 2, World Domination, Humankind, Inscription, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. I know a lot of people might be upset about that because Microsoft Flight Simulator was celebrated. It's an outstanding game. It uses the power of the cloud and Google Earth in order to give you photorealistic environments all around the world you know you can land at any airport in the world fly anything be anywhere so you know but age of empires 4 brought home that w best family game mc kind of spoiled that for you already but i'm gonna let you know again it takes two so that's that's a dual award winner so far it takes two beat out mario party superstars new pokemon snap Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, as well as WarioWare, get it together. AMC, how did you feel about the upset for Super Mario 3D World? I mean, Switch was just like, (laughs) Switch was just, you know, this, what is it, stuffing the ballot box with all their games. And um, and It Takes Two comes out as the winner, uh, sign for things to come. Uh, But yeah, as I said, by all accounts, when I first heard that It Takes Two was up for game of the year, I immediately looked at a trailer because I didn't hear a lot of people discuss, like, talk about this game. And when I saw it, I was like, holy shit, this game looks absolutely amazing, has all the heart and great gameplay on top of it. Um, We've seen, what, A Way Out do really well. And, um, I mean, I loved Unraveled, and uh, both both Unraveled and Unraveled 2, I believe it was. Um, And, yeah, so... um, Unraveling. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and this one... uh, by all accounts, a great game and something that I'll definitely be buying down the line. And yeah, as I said, best family game that's just 
what a dog whistle for AMC to be like, oh shit, uh, a game for to play with Marissa. And so we're seeing it right now. It's it's stacking up its victories and making a a grand case for itself to be played by the AMC. Absolutely. And like you said, Nintendo stuff in the ballot box. There are people who go around the internet alleging that the Game Awards are rigged. I mean, if it was rigged, Nintendo would have took <laughs> the fucking award. Four out of five nominees, none of them hit. So yeah. very interesting. Best fighting game, the winner goes to Guilty Gear Strive. This beats out Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, the Hinokami Chronicles, as well as Melty Blood, Type Lumina, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Damn, that's an upset because there was a lot of there was a lot of positive excitement about Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl because it it seemingly stuck the landing. But, you know, Guilty Gear beat that, as well as Virtual Fighter V Ultimate Showdown. Moving on to the next category, Best RPG, big category. Nominees here with Cyberpunk 2077, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei V, and Tales of Arise. AMC, is there anyone you wanted to win? Cyberpunk 2077. Just it would have been great to just see the reaction if Cyberpunk 2077 won this. I know they didn't, but it'd be great if they had one. <laughs> well, there was still an interesting reaction when it didn't win because Tales of Arise somehow delivered the upset. But you know, I, I can't say somehow. Whenever people talked about Tales of Arise, they said it was one of the best games of the year, definitely the best RPG. So, uh, a lot of people were actually surprised that Tales of Arise won because they fully expected Cyberpunk to take the award anyway, again, leaning into the the allegations of being rigged. Yet when you really look at the nominees and look at the winners, it's like, all right, find a system that's showing that this is rigged when the games that people are saying stood out above the rest are the ones winning the awards. I mean, the only... the only issue I had with the Game Awards was the absence of nominations for Forza Horizon 5 and Returnal for Game of the Year. Didn't care if either one won the award, but they deserved the nod. However, that just didn't happen this time. But Tales of Arise, best RPG. If you ain't into it, you might want to get into it. Best action adventure game. Metroid Dread is the winner. This beats out Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy which people surprisingly love, despite trying to hate Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and Psychonauts 2. AMC, how do you feel being the proud owner of a Game of the Year winner? Uh, as far as best action adventure game, yeah. It's uh, yes. absolutely awesome. I, I love Metroid Dread, absolutely. It's, it's you know, it's right now it's, it's trying to hold on to Game of the Year in my eyes, but Eastward is making a strong case for itself. But yeah, uh, Metroid Dread, it had been a minute since I played a Metroid game, probably going all the way back to Metroid Fusion. And so one going, this was this was somewhat of a surprise game because all people have been talking about was uh, what's going on with the, the next installment in the Metroid Prime series. And um, so that, that was where all the interest was. And this was not a game that was, you know, on the docket, we'll say, uh, for the past like couple of years that people were looking forward to. And then out of nowhere, they're like, hey, while you're waiting for this, we have another Metroid game in between and it's a throwback. Um, and it's going to be the final you know, of the uh, of that like original series, this is going to be the final installment. And so, yeah, this is one that I had to play. I absolutely love Metroid Fusion and all the previous games and playing this one. Um, it just, it gave me all the feels from like what I remember loving about the, uh, 
the, the series and then with some new stuff and on the nintendo switch they took it to that next level and yeah so i don't mind it I, not that i don't mind it i definitely think it was deserving and especially when you look at the list of games that was up against ratchet and clank resident evil village psychonauts 2 and even marvel Gal uh, gardens of the galaxy um a lot of games that were on people's game of the year uh contenders as far as like the personal lists go and so to see it um stand tall amongst that crowd i think that's awesome and definitely not knocking any of those other ones because by all accounts all those other games were great so yeah happy to see metroid Dread get his acknowledgement here and to see Absolutely. your boy doug bowser uh, the first time i've seen him in not in person but you know uh on stage and so it was great to hear him talk and you know they had to bring out reggie to to remind us of you know the greatness that was of his predecessor but yeah nice to see the uh the new guy the new man in charge the new face showing up to accept the award for metroid dread he, i think he went up there and he's like you know it's a it's a great action game it's a great adventure game <laughs> like i was like he had definitely <laughs> but yeah uh you know first time on stage i'm sure he had to get all the uh, all the nerves out the uh the the charisma will start to show up a little bit more as he you know makes more appearances out in public but yeah happy for Absolutely. my character right here and i'm also happy for the next winner in the best action game category, Returnal. Mm. Best believe it. This is beaten out back for blood, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, and Far Cry 6. Yes, Returnal, Housemarks, just biggest, most uh, highly polished game that they've ever put out. Uh, I mean, maybe Superstars HD was more polished, but Returnal is by far my favorite housemark game i i personally have have it as my game of the year which is why i'm very salty about it not getting a nod or for the nomination but it got best action game which i feel is rightfully deserved it is phenomenal it has recently gotten a suspend feature as well as a photo mode and there's a possibility of perhaps some dlc being teased by housemark we were looking for something of an announcement at the game awards but nothing came of it based on the tweet that they recently put out however we still have returnal as it is which is just a content rich beefy experience wholly original and overly outstanding in so far as it's rock solid gameplay it's tough as nails challenge and just that that playstation studios layer of polish on it amc how'd you feel about best action game uh yeah great uh, i didn't play returnal uh, i actually didn't play any of these games uh but heard heard good things about most of them uh especially death loop Far Cry 6, obviously, if, if you're in games media, you have to hate it. But from the, the other people who played it in just the <laughs> Far Cry games, by all accounts, a great Far Cry game. So uh, well-deserved to be on this list. Back for Blood, don't know much about it, but I know people like their, was it, co-op shooter style of games. And um, so people had a lot of fun there. Chivalry 2 with the big action medieval battles. So yeah, there's, there's a little bit of everything. What I like is if you look at this list, not a lot of... Um, similarities between any of these games they're all different in their own way and but i am happy personally to see returnal win only in that as as a game that i didn't play but uh a game that was just completely you know 
shat on by you know the the vocal minority of like why isn't there a suspend fe- why is there like a a suspend save feature why is the game so hard well why can't i beat this game quickly i can't play this game and have a family yada yada to still see this game rise above all that nonsense and walk away with a trophy i was so happy to see that and so yeah um this is one of those ones once again go screw yourself Returnal is walking away with a victory for best action game. Hate you can you can try to hate, but you got to recognize the great. So yeah, there it goes. <laughs> there it go. All right, now we're getting into a, a, a very interesting award category. Um, again, we're gonna try to move a little faster here, but innovation in accessibility. The yeah, you can skip over any of these, being, by the way. But keep it keep it going. Oh, I'm skipping over so many, but. Yeah, <laughs> the, it, Innovation and accessibility. The winner here being Forza Horizon 5 and for a very interesting innovation in accessibility. Uh, Forza Horizon 5 has put in a sign language translator in the game, which is a first. I've seen people around like, why would they put sign language in? Why can't deaf people just read the subtitles? And it's like, that makes sense to your able-bodied brain, but when you think about people with disabilities, people might might have been born deaf, or you know, people might have dyslexia or things like that, where it's difficult for them to read or understand words or context. And perhaps deaf people understand sign language better than they understand written words. So, providing more options and more accessibility for people is never a bad idea unless it comes to easy mode, because y'all just need to step your game up. However, (laughs) innovation and accessibility, Forza Horizon 5, putting in the sign language translator, bold move, great move, award well deserved. Best community support, the winner there is Final Fantasy XIV Online. The game that they just completely turned around, this could have just been a failure that was abandoned and forgotten, but instead Square was like, nah, son, we hear you. Let, let us get another go at this. And they did it. And here we are. We went from the, the initial launch failure to the re-release of what is regarded as one of the greatest MMOs of all time. And now the Game of the Year Award 2021 winner of Best Community Support. Amir, how do you feel about it? Uh, I think it's great. I, I almost look at this award as the We're Still Here Award. <laughs> Despite y'all, did it used to be like best ongoing game? Now they just switched it out to best community support. Uh, Who knows? But um, you look at yeah, you look at the list. uh, Apex Apex was always good from the beginning. I'm not going to say it was on that list of yeah, fuck you at launch, and then now we like you. But then you go down the rest of this list. Mm -hmm. Destiny two, Activision, uh, you got to pay the shaders. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 Final Uh, Fantasy (laughs) fourteen. I mean, I don't really know, but they obviously turned that game around. Fortnite, like uh, another battle royale. We already have PUBG, uh, now the biggest game ever. And then obviously the people last still one, play this. Uh. Yeah, the last one on this list, a game. Or, uh, but the launch, but the launch, No Man's Sky. One Man's Life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as I said, best community support. It just shows once again, despite like all that hate, as long as you can find a community that will show up and just take in whatever new content updates you have for them uh, who are patient when it comes to the fixes, things on those lines. Um, yeah. You can have a successful game and you, you 
take those people, you listen to them, and you ignore all the people who saw your game, played it for five minutes, and decided it was crap, and they'll never support you, and you're a horrible developer. Those people, you write them off. And so I'm, I'm glad that there is this category for best community support because it just shows the games that you know rise above the hate, the, the games that where people are like, oh, like I hate these live service games. Just give me everything at launch. Why are you still updating it? Um, these games are still around years later after launch and still doing a damn thing. A lot of these games also, no oh, PS4, even like, like even earlier games. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's great to see that these are all lasting games that are still showing up strong on the current gen. Um, so yeah, that's all I gotta say there. Yes. Then we get to best debut indie game winner there. Kana. Bridge of Spirits. Sony got another one. And not only the best debut indie game, but also the best indie game in general. <laughs> got two indie awards. Oh, and AMC, your your category here. Not not your category, but the one you're just talking about. Oh, best there ongoing go. game. Yeah, there <laughs> Final go. Fantasy XIV. So they, they got the best game that's still going on, and they got the best community support for their ongoing game. Take that, haters. <laughs> but now here's your real category games for impact oh here we go it's not boyfriend dungeon uh, <laughs> right. i really want a boyfriend dungeon to get it's it no, life is life is strange true colors and you know what? i kind of agree with that just based on the trailer itself of you know all the games for impact that were nominated before your eyes boyfriend dungeon chicory a colorful tale no longer home Life is Strange, True Colors, it was the only one that presented a concept that really, that, that really, you know, plucked those, those heartstrings with me. Uh, the character is able to hear, see, feel, understand, like, what's going on inside of people with their emotions. That, like, she can see what they've done, things that they're guilty about, like, things that they feel strongly about, and she helps to guide them toward resolving that inner turmoil in order to get them to the next stage of their life. So I, I thought that was a very awesome concept and it's even more awesome that this game won Games for Impact for being a thought-provoking game with a pro-social media message. Best performance. That went to Maggie Robinson for Resident Evil Village. Lady Dimitrescu herself, the woman that set the internet on fire after Kim Kardashian but, you know, probably a, a much brighter blaze. Set the internet on fire. She is is new to the gaming industry as a voice actor, probably a, a physical performer. And she's very grateful for being, you know, welcomed into the industry with open arms and for receiving this award for her performance as Lady D at Resident Evil A. AMC, any thoughts, any feelings? Mm, didn't play it. Um, happy for her. She seems like a nice person. Let's keep it moving. We're at an hour 40. There so. we go. Uh, best art direction went to Deathloop. So that's maybe I'm going to check it out now because I'm all about art direction. Best audio design went to Forza Horizon 5. And I wouldn't really agree with that. But overall, it's a good sounding game. It's got a good soundtrack. I think I like Forza Horizon 4 soundtrack a little bit more. However, it's I'm never at a point in Forza Horizon 5 where I'm like, oh, terrible or oh where's that sound like everything's there everything sounds good the game is awesome best narrative this is a surprising one with to marvel's guardians of the galaxy 
So, you know, people set up to hate this game out the gate. Then it came out. People played it, starting to like it. And it turns out it had a lot of redeeming qualities, including its outstanding storytelling and narrative development. Best game direction went to Death Loop. Another reason why it walked away with a 10 out of 10 from IGN. And then we get to the big one, the game of the year itself, where the nominees were Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. The winner, It Takes Two. Mm. Big upset. <laughs> <laughs> big upset but it takes two was taking all the other awards it was nominated for so it's only natural that such a big winner would win the big award amc your family game your girlfriend game possibly your son friend game how do you feel about it takes two taking the game of the year spot uh, I, <laughs> yeah i mean I didn't. I haven't played it, so I can't say like, oh, it doesn't deserve it. Blah blah. blah. I love Metroid Dread. I definitely will play. It takes two at some point. You know, I I'm not going to even say that it's a, a bad choice because I feel like every game that I've played that got Game of the Year, it's like, yeah, this game is awesome. Right. Hades won, and I, when it after I played it, I was like, yeah, he's definitely deserving of that win. And uh, I'm sure once I play, it takes two. Same case, it'll, it'll be deserving of that victory as well. Um, the, the, the thing I would say, not that it should have won Game of the Year, but yeah, Ratchet and Clank in a lot of categories, I don't think it won any of them. It's <laughs> uh, unfortunate mm-hmm. there. At least, it, at least it got acknowledged by being nominated in so many categories. At least they're getting there. Yeah, but damn, can't get one, can't get one victory, it looks like. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got there as far as uh, Game of the Year goes. <laughs> Uh, yeah i mean you guys know my feelings by now the the games that i thought you know were up for contention weren't there so i really didn't care about the game of the year award i'm interested in knowing that it takes two beat out Deathloop as well as metroid dread because Deathloop highly acclaimed even though people have doubled down on not being able to get it metroid dread fucking metroid first 2d metroid in like 20 years amc loved it so that means I'll probably love it if I ever touched it. But it takes two. Got that not. So that's something I should look into, especially as a co-op game, an entertainment game, a gracious host game. So, yeah, next time you're at A-Dub's house, you might be playing It Takes Two. But, yeah, that wraps it up for the Game Awards 2021. Well, maybe Maybe not quite because yeah. we got some people heck. We got some people heckling from the audience yeah. <laughs> with all their good ideas, and yeah. all their all their all their well wishes. We got troll of the awards, troll of the awards, troll of the awards. What's what? First troll says next year will be flooded with indies. It gets worse and worse. When nine out of ten games are indies in the PS Store, it's too much i highly doubt that 90 percent of the games in the playstation store are indie games and if the games are good why are you complaining chill out homeboy next show says laughing my ass off some guy is singing now i thought this was the game awards not the music awards so during the show they brought out sting and sung a, a beautiful song that A-Dub is going to be looking for on Spotify with it and it had an outstanding violinist just cutting it up on those strings. It was a 
good little moment in the show. They also gave us another moment with Imagine Dragons and Ashley Barrett, uh, the other and some other uh, songwriters, song composers that work with Supergiant celebrating their anniversary. So that was awesome. They performed the song that is the title track for Arcane. And yeah, it, it was great. Trolls got shit to say about that later. But then the Quantic Dream game was showing that Star Wars Eclipse. These, this troll has to say, oh, Quantic Dream, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> that David Cage hate, yes. Then Wonder Woman was revealed. And these trolls say, ew, Wonder Woman, not Batman, pass. The next <laughs> troll says, ew, a comic game, bad trend. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, mentioned it earlier, people just hating on superhero games and comic book games for being superhero comic games. But then uh, that, that contradiction where people are tired of these games, yet instead of being like, get rid of all of them, like, just give me Batman. So you still want these games. You still like them. You just don't like them when they're not the game you want. Also, the um, games are, they're winning awards too on top of that. So like, oh, these games yes. suck. And yet like the critics are loving them. <laughs> Best games ever made. <laughs> Next show says, oh God, this is going to be hours of maximum cringe and boring announcements, isn't it? I'll be surprised if even one good game comes out of this. <laughs> well, we've gotten a handful of good games that AFC and myself are looking forward to. I mean, notably, the Wonder Woman game. That's something I'm going to be looking forward to. AFC, what's something that you're looking forward to that was announced from the show? Announced or revealed? Mm, announced or revealed? I mean, obviously, seeing Tunic again, that looked absolutely awesome. Oh, I, I would probably... Wonder Woman's probably the big one, I would say, just because... They they could do so much um, that I'm that I, I don't really know. Like it's and also just a character that I've never played as, uh, other than in what Marvel uh, Injustice, I should say. Um, so yeah, they could. Yeah, I'm just really excited to see what they do when they give her her own like full fledged game. And so yeah, I would say Wonder Woman is absolutely, well. absolutely. Next show has some interesting things to say about one of the cameo appearances. They say, "Man, I remember when Jim Carrey was actually a good actor." He's all washed up now. <laughs> Personally, I like Jim Carrey's appearance. He was very funny and charming as he has always been throughout his career. So trolls, you either too young or you too dumb. Next troll says, <laughs> disappointed. What was he saying? Grinder. <laughs> grinder. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to grant it, don't it. put it in the grinder. <laughs> And then he placed his hands on my neck to drop the point home. <laughs> Next troll said, disappointed. Uh, Another troll says, political bullshit. Uh, <laughs> so uh, there were there were segments in the show when you know they're talking about people of color, they're talking about trans, the trans life experience, and of course not, not harassing people at work is political now. <laughs> having a hotline for people to call in to report <laughs> harassment and, and predatory practices and things of that nature. You know, uh, just trying to be inclusive, trying to be sensitive to what's going on in the world today and the needs of the broader gaming community. But of course, there are those within it that disagree and they're assholes. So don't listen to anything they have to say. Next troll says, Game Awards went full political BS this year. <laughs> Next troll says, this woke shit is pathetic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Next troll 
Next show says, how the hell did Guardians of the Galaxy win for best narrative? Yeah. I might have to check that game out if it's if it's got a good solid story. Well, might have got might have gotten a purchase. <laughs> yeah, but let's. This is a two parter here. First of all, you're 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 being kind of dismissive of it winning for best narrative, and then you're admitting that you never played it. So why would you even like have the assumption that it wouldn't be able to win that award in the first place? Or why would you be confused as to how it did? <laughs> Well, it, it also just yeah, shows, a good narrative. <laughs> it just shows too because the trolls are always calling people like you know always calling people who are fans of things sheeple, but it just shows like the guy who or the person who was like, oh, I heard Guardians of the Galaxy is bad. Oh, fuck that game. What it won an award? Yeah. Mm, maybe I'll play it. Okay. <laughs> it just shows that the, the, tro- the trolls are the sheeple when it comes to you know criticism and then yeah. changing t- their tune. Yeah, just following the guy with the, following the guy with the staff, <laughs> the staff in the shape of the game award. Next show says, "Why does every new game look so generic and the same as the one before it? Just a lack of creativity nowadays, I guess." Jeez, I didn't see one game that looked like another game. <laughs> I mean, between like uh, what? DTFO or whatever that game is, and you know, and Tunic. Doke V can't even tell the difference between that and a K-pop concert, you know, Space Marine 2. Even the two Warhammer games that they showed did not look similar. So come on, man. Next show says Imagine Dragons is overrated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're on stage, they're getting that work, making making that music, they're getting that money. So you could say take, take your broke ass comment somewhere else. Next troll says, does anyone even own Deathloop? <laughs> huh? Maybe, maybe we'll see in the next NPD. Next troll says, my wish is that we stop hearing about this mediocre game in 2022, please. They're referring to Deathloop. From ridiculous 10 out of 10 to getting awards it doesn't deserve, someone very powerful and rich must own Bethesda stock or something. It's just ridiculous how such a mediocre game gets so much attention. Well, maybe it's not mediocre, dude. (laughs) Maybe it's better than you think it is, and you're a mediocre. Next troll. Overhyped as usual. Very little we didn't already know about. All right, this is one of the only award shows or shows in general that has come along that hasn't been awash with high-level leaks. So there was very little I knew about in this show. And what, what was the game? Planet of Lana? I'm definitely looking forward to that at some point. And yeah, it's, the more I think about it and think back of the various things that were revealed at this show, we got a new look at uh, Somerville. That's a game I'm going to begin day one. I'm also going to make sure I play through that limbo inside double pack. <laughs> well, yeah, there's there was quite a number of things we didn't know about. We didn't know about Star Wars coming out from Quantic Dream. Didn't know about Star Trek getting a game from the Telltale Games veterans. <laughs> Jesus. Last troll. Activision completely locked out. Kotick is getting fired. This is going to be awesome. Let's just wait for things to happen. People have been talking about Bobby getting fired forever. Even at its darkest, there might be light at the end of the tunnel for that guy. Not saying he deserves it. Not saying that's what's going to happen. But let's let's wait it out. Let's quit jumping to conclusions. AMC, anything to say to these trolls? 
Yeah, your your comments are tired. They're they were expected and good job of showing up and doing what you do, which is, you know, pedal the same BS that you always pedal. And yeah, you go go and play your your boring games and talk about how Dragon's Dogma is the only good game that was ever made and how you hate roguelikes. But <laughs> 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 love Hades. Yeah. Uh, continue to talk about all your bullshit because as far as I was concerned, I saw a bunch of great games that were up for nominees uh, that, were, that were nominated. This was a celebration of a great year of video gaming and um, for things to come. And at this point, you know, I feel like I say this every year. We were at a point where we didn't have any good game award shows, and it seems like Jeff Kelly has kind of found the formula. He made sure his boy Kojima showed up in some way. We we got yes, as A Dub as A Dub said, we, we got it. We got a possible tease <laughs> for uh, yeah. a Silent Hill game <laughs> from your man Guillermo del Toro just laying it out there. Like we we've had all this speculation and stuff about abandoned being a Silent Hill game, about Kojima being involved, and they're just trolling everybody. People been going back and forth about the validity of such assertions, and now we got Guillermo himself with Kojima Same, talking about happen. stuff and saying, "Like, yeah, Silent Hill, that would be a great game for someone to make." Mm. <laughs> Abandoned is Silent Hill. Kojima is involved. Mark my words. Control <laughs> issues. Prediction of the year. Year, year, year. Get on. Uh, yeah, that's all I got, though. Um, we got anything else? Right. Dub? Any any quick hits? Yeah, a little quick hit on the on the sadder, more somber side of things. Uh, Keiko Nobumoto is the prolific anime writer behind Cowboy Bebop, Macross Plus, I believe uh, Wolf's Pass. Uh, she contributed to Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. I believe she wrote Samurai Champloo. So that's two of my favorite anime franchises of all time. She's passed away at 57. So thank you for all of your hard work and creativity and making some of the most iconic and classic stories that I've ever had the privilege of enjoying. Rest easy. I concur. Yes. Um, some of the best, like, especially early animes that I got into, like, as I branched out from Dragon Ball Z, yeah, you make your way right into Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo and, yeah, absolutely awesome series. Uh, and, yeah. Rest in peace. You, you gave you you put out some excellent work that would definitely stand the test of time. Excellent work that we were able to discover on our own. It's not like like this was in the era before it was everybody's talking about everything on the internet. This was just like some Adult Swim. All oh, this looks cool. Wait a minute, my life just changed. Like that kind of shit. Things that we got to we got to have to ourselves in those kind of waning those waning years of when you could like have your own individual experience. So yeah, I really appreciate these gems. All right. We got anything, anything else? else nah, that's all I got. You got any final words yeah. before we get out of here? Nah, it's been, yeah. it's been a stronger year than people would like to give credit for. And the game awards show that we have much stronger years on the horizon, especially with some of these new, new announcements further fleshing out the years to come. So we got things to look forward to a dub's got a new TV to enjoy them on AMC also new TV to enjoy them on. So we're all next gen up next gen out. Let's go. This is control issues. I am the AMC. I'm
Controllers. Thanks for playing. Suckers.